1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday Libra Cristo War College. No Jesse Romero today. We've got a, a two-man aircraft, front seat, back seat, just like a Cobra attack helicopter, taking you on a nap of the earth flight of the battlefield. A couple of Cav Scouts going to lay out some DDT, as Jesse calls it, devil-defeating theology. Uh, uh, just bring it, What we did as Cav Scouts, right? right Ernie? We just did uh, field reports. We reported back. We ran screen lines for the main body. This is all we do. We're just running screen lines for the mystical body. But we are, as we said, remember whenever they said you were weapons free, right? That was always a beautiful sound because even, even then we only fired when they told us we could fire. We are weapons free, which means you're allowed to shoot, not just when you're shot at, but you can, you can launch down range. But since we're military, I wanted to point out, since it's just you and me today, Jesse is on uh, deep cover somewhere. Uh, we're not really sure where he's at. He's probably got a long beard doing the Serpico thing. And, uh, so we're not 10-8 for Jesus. We're military guys. We're on point for Jesus, right? We're not right. 10. We don't use the word. We don't use the phrase 10-4 in that, that number system. We say roger that. Roger that? Roger that, sir. <laughs> All right. So they would always say two things before we went on a mission. I don't know about you. You were you were in the cab, but you were on a ground vehicle. Uh, we would uh, we would always, uh, our, 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 our crew chiefs would be doing the pre-fight pre inspection. And the two things we would always say that on the very top of the rotor system was this huge nut. And uh, they called it the Jesus nut, because if that thing comes off, the rotor system comes off. You're going to be seeing Jesus, you know. Absolutely. And uh, so we'd always tell somebody, check that. Make sure you check the Jesus nut and always, number two, keep the greasy side down. So so those things in line, how's the Jesus nut in your life? And are you keeping the greasy side down? As best I can, sir. I'm holding it down as hard as I can. You're not doing the the uh, spiritual dying cockroach. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm, not doing I'm not saying I haven't done it before, but I can tell oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I somehow I can picture in my mind right after the right after your last name, uh, <laughs> push-ups. Uh, start doing push-ups. I think you said that you did so many push-ups that you pushed the state of Georgia downward uh, into the. Yeah, into Florida, I think. Easy. So, all right, speaking of pre-flight, before we get into the show, today we're going to talk about open doors. And, and I want to start with how to close doors, how to spot the enemy through prayer, I mean, through prayer, the importance of prayer. And then the very last section, let's do a little little, little throw out to the, to the military guys. But, but our pre-flight every morning, before we would launch our mission, we would go out and we would do our pre-flight. Uh, a listener emailed me uh, about prayer. I, I always quote Catherine of Siena who said that, doctor of the church, uh, that if, if every Christian should pray 30 minutes a day unless they're busy, and then she says they should pray for an hour, right? Um, so he, he asked, what did that look like? And I, and I think we need to, let's, let's just touch on that briefly before we go, in, we go into the, su the subject of open doors. What does the pre-fight look like for us uh, as, as, as Christians, as Christian soldiers and the church militant? What does the pre-fight look like? And so um, if you get with Father, uh, Father Heilman, uh, actually ha is doing, a, if you sign up for his, his, uh, 
his emails, he's sending out a 90 days to glory email. And I think this is very good. 90 days to liberty, uh, praying for renewal, getting ready for Pentecost. Um, and he, he walks you through, you do the morning offering, and then you do this 15 minutes of meditation on this. And then you do, uh, um, and then you do the rosary and, you know, and then you, and then you finish with the Angelus, you know, so he walks you through a very simple, what spiritual reading to do. Uh, and I think this is very basic. I think a lot of Catholics think that listening to a podcast about God, uh, listening to a Taylor Marshall podcast, watching a Father Ripico video, these things are all good to do to edify, to know, to understand our faith. But that's not prayer. Prayer is distinct. So Father Heidelman doing a really nice job teaching people the very basics. These are the very, the first thing you do, like when, when you get a, when I train a fighter, you know, I make them, they're like, hey, show me the hook, show me the uppercut, show me how to, you know, just like you in, in, in judo, what do they want to do? Show me the choke outs, show me the arm bars. And the first thing you do, and if I walk into your, into your, into your, your, your dojo, right. And you're going to teach me judo, you're going to teach me how to fall first. Absolutely. Right? Fighting in the boxing gym, I'm going to show you. I'm put your left shoulder against the wall, and you're just going to do this. You're just going to so you don't you don't loop that right. The only time I ever looked at the lights is when I looped a punch and I caught one right on the button. So so you got to keep your hands in tight. So what does that look like? Very basics. You got to get the basics down. So Father Heilman lists off ten things: doing a morning offers, Angelus six noon and six. He gets that from Libra Cristo. Mental prayer fifteen minutes. Spiritual reading or fifteen minutes. Frequent confession, at least once a month, holy mass and communion, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, regular, acts of mortification, especially fasting, uh, the Holy Rosary, and a brief examination of conscience at night. These are basic soldiering skills. This isn't even if you're engaged in spiritual combat. This needs to be part of your, your basic soldiering. Most guys that sign up for the military, the recruiters, what do they tell them? Oh, I want to be a Navy SEAL. I want to be a Green Beret. I want to be on SEAL Team 6. You right. got Those guys are the best basic soldiers. When I was at Airborne School, I saw a, 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 the, the Black Hat instructor was trying to smoke two Navy SEALs. And these guys were, he's making them do flutter kicks, right? And I watched these guys for one hour straight, do one hour straight of flutter kicks. You know, that, that, that goes well beyond the ability to pass your PT test as a basic, basic soldier. So, so these are the very basics you have to do. But if you notice, there's nothing really fancy. There's nothing. This is just basic Catholicism. This is smash mouth Catholicism, tapping into the liturgical life of the church. Well, tell me about some of your prayer, your prayer habits. Well, what we do is we do the same thing as what you were saying about Father Hallman. Three times a day, we, we ask the guys to pray uh, 6 a.m., noon and 6, 6 p.m., but when we pray in the morning, we pray for about an hour and a half, though, as a group, uh, totally, every day, uh, year-round, we pray. Uh, there is no day off. Uh, there's somebody praying, even when people have emergencies that are going on. So it's it's about an hour and a half of prayer, and it starts with uh, our prayer. We drop our perimeter, and we go right into the Angelus. Uh, we're we're uh, asking our guardian angels to pray with us. We're, we're asking Mary to pray with us. Uh, we have a, a bunch of prayers that we do before that. Of course, we do a, a beautiful act of contrition uh, daily for daily neglects that we do every morning. Uh, we get into the uh, divine office, lauds in the morning, and uh, we do that as the second highest form of prayer. And um, one, and to, we do it in Latin, and we 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 ask ask the Lord, we thank Him for everything that He He gives us. It's just another, especially another day for this miserable sinner like I am, and all the guys in my group. Uh, we consider ourselves redemptive men. Um, and we're working hard at that. And then we go from there, we go into Sumerian prayer and then into the rosary. And then uh, we finish up with uh, some 
spiritual warfare uh, stuff like um, the St. Patrick's Breastplate. We do that in Latin, and then we do the uh, Auxilium Christianorum in Latin. We finish up for the day. And, of course, we we end uh, uh, thanking God for everything we have. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. So so same thing. I do. I do. I get up and do this. I do the Angelus. Uh, I do the Auxilium Christianorum prayers. I do the uh, um, Office of Readings. It uh, keeps me plugged into the church universal, to the liturgical calendar. It keeps me plugged into the patristics, the patristic thought, the second reading, Augustine, to the, uh, uh, St. John Christologist on Chrysostom, the great saints and doctors of the church. Um, and, and then I do, there's set prayers from the deliverance prayers for use by the laity that I do, again, laying down a perimeter, the perimeter prayer, praying prayers against retaliation. Another great prayer that, that should be, these are things that I used to use as needed. Right. But as the battlefield heats up as needed becomes daily. Right. Uh, so so uh, um, perimeter prayer, prayers against retaliation, prayer of consecration of one's temporal goods for the blessed mother. This is in the in the back of Father Ripperger's book, about two thirds in. Consecrate all your temporal goods to her. Father Ripperger wrote this prayer with the de Montfort uh, formula in mind and your play in your in your and, and when you practice detachment from those things, um, you're placing them in, into the under the fold and mantle of the Blessed Mother, and 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 now um, the Blessed Mother will, will guard and protect those items. Because remember, the commonality we share with the enemy is this battlefield, right? The angel was thrown from the, the fallen angels thrown from heaven unto the earth, right? And where they militate against souls, uh, day and night, says uh, uh, John in Revelation 12, uh, accusing the brethren. So so doing the perimeter prayers, consecrating your temporal goods, and trying to be as completely detached. Uh, is very key. Prayer against oppression for those who've consecrated their temporal goods when 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 you do start taking 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 fire. Um, these are very critical prayers to do. Uh, two things. Uh, one that comes to mind as I think about what you guys do with St. Michael's Shield. Number one is the imposition of order. It isn't if you suddenly say, I'm going to pray all these prayers, and it's a combination of mental prayer. I also do Lexio Divina, say, you know, 15 minutes or so of Holy Scripture, uh, meditating on Scripture. Um, uh, mental prayer, uh, and then throughout the day, I'll, I go to the Adoration Chapel every day. I pray the Rosary before the Blessed Sacrament. I, I want to touch Jesus every single day at Mass and at the Blessed Sacrament. Um, but the imposition of order, if you say, I'm going to pray these prayers, but you don't get up and do it morning, you're not going to get it done. It's like saying, I'm going to do my, why does the army make us do PT at Ozark 30? It is PT. Because if, we, if they let us choose when we did PT, we would need, be, we would be doughboy rangers. We, we would not be fit for battle. So the demon response to the imposition of order as much as to the prayers themselves. And now what I like what you're talking about too, is that uh, the specificity of what you guys are doing, the St. Patrick's breastplate, you know uh, um the 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 shield of saint michael you know you're 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 being specific remember angels go where they're asked the demons go where they're not resisted and so specificity in prayer as in combat when we were in combat it wasn't good now it was good enough for me because i flew a gunship and i could just shoot rockets and i always had plenty of extra if i missed i just keep shooting until i hit them but when you're a get out on the ground like you you better be accurate you only got so many bullets and you got bad guys all around you, you better make sure every round counts. The idea of taking your AK-47, like you see, you know, on the newsreel, that doesn't hurt. You don't shoot anybody. Being specific in your prayer is very no, critical. No. Harsh, harsh language doesn't work either. Flush that out. What do you mean? I mean, you can't just yell at people like it's gonna, it, it, that, like being mad, being mad at something in, in, a, in a fight. Mad is one thing, but you're gonna have to have something to throw back at the enemy because the enemy doesn't care what you say. Yeah, it's focused.
that's it. Reveille, wake up, yep. Christians. Wake up. Let's go. Just got a text from uh, Commander Jesse Romero. Said that he is in an undisclosed location. He's got his long beard. He's undercover on deep cover, he says. And uh, but he's but he's got uh, ears on and he's listening and, and uh, he gets a shout out to all the listeners. Uh, so I was mentioning Gregory of Nyssa and Gregory has has this uh, this uh, a theology of, of reaching out where Paul, St. Paul says in Philippians two, I, I reach out to what is ahead, what is above me. And so he the soul in prayer is reaching before God. He's vulnerable or she's vulnerable, but you're reaching out to God. And so even as you say, you, you you're not firing in anger. You're firing in faith and confidence, and you're reaching out to God, right? And and even you could do binding prayers. If the demon can get you to do binding prayers in anger at him, he's going to take you to the mat, right? This is this yeah. is judo. He's going to this is this is the ground. You think you're going to ground and pound, but the next thing you know, you're you're getting tapped out. You know, you're in an armbar or something else. So let's talk a little bit early about uh, a couple articles that you sent um that you dug up this week i think are fantastic one of them is and, and the subject is open door what is an open door right um the an open door is is something which disposes an individual to a particular diabolic influence caused either by oneself another person or the pure permissible will of god normally it's through our own interaction okay so this is an example this isn't this is from fox news 20 this says uh, dozens of colombian girls hospitalized with anxiety after playing the ouija board 28 schoolgirls were hospitalized with anxiety attacks after allegedly playing with Ouija boards at their school in Colombia, reports say. The girls reportedly suffered signs of fainting, anxiety, and other symptoms at the Galeras Educational Institution in Galeras, according to Jam Press and shared by the New York Post. The girls were admitted to a hospital accompanied by their parents and school faculty. The Ouija board was created in, the 1880, in 1886, are often referred to as spirits or talking boards. They are believed to be a way for the living to communicate with the dead. You know, we communicate with the dead as Catholics. We pray for their souls. If they're saints, we ask for their intercession, right? We have masses said for the dead, right? We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't summon Aunt Tilly to ask her, you know, uh, where the money, where the gold is hidden on the farm, right? Right, 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 right. I mean, this is, this was capital punishment in the Old Testament because, again, because God, because the demon opened, when the doors are open, it's so vicious that even in the Old Testament, of course, we don't we don't do that that in the in new dispensation. But you see the severity of it in Deuteronomy, capital punishment for this. But this is what happens. The article continues. Twenty eight girls were sent to the hospital with anxiety attacks. Right. And the lady at the hospital said, I work here every day. And I say three or four children arrive after fainting. Parents, you have you have to move, investigate what's going on in your school because the children cannot continue in the situation. And she said, we cannot blame it on food. A lack of food. So there's a it shows a picture of a dad carrying a teenage girl who's passed out in his arms. Right on November twenty November uh, uh, of, of last last year, eleven teenagers were found collapsed after using the Ouija board at another school in Colombia. Um, anyway, so so uh, what was your take on that? You, you what was your what was your what was your eyes on that topic on that target? The first thing I saw when I saw that was the anxiety, uh, all the stuff that was uh, um, related to fear. And um, if you're playing with this stuff and let's say you open up like we we're talking about doorways, uh, wouldn't that be one of the uh, you're, you're the guy that deals with this stuff? Yeah. And I'm you um, it wouldn't that be uh, a symptom of, of dealing with something that was unclean and unclean spirit or something from from the other side? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the, so you're, you're what, what an open door means. And we also talk about the interactive what we, we call the inner interactive diabolic activity. 
So this is this is a this is I, this is I, a quote from my book, uh, but Father Bamonte he says that extraordinary diabolic activity is the result of original sin and often could be due to one's own culpability to include sins of superstition, occult practices such as participation or being present at sessions with psychics and fortune tellers, use of amulets and talisman. Recourse to mediums, sorcerers, witches, tarot card readers, or having attempted any of these on your own. The practice of certain meditation techniques like transcendental meditation, Reiki, opening oneself to chakras or other new age practices, submitting oneself to spiritual cleansing, being present at voodoo, makamba, or other rituals, or any membership in secret societies or satanic groups. And this is what he, this is what he quotes. This is what uh, the manifestation of these uh, are, okay? Profound and insurmountable repugnance for one's duty or an intense desire to do what is prohibited. Proposing to the mind all sorts of illicit and indecent fantasies, which continue regardless of one's efforts to reject. A sense of anger, doubt, anguish, desperation, rebellion, and uh, antithopy, uh, dis disproportionate affective impulses, which do not correspond to one's personality. So the demon starts getting inside the interiority. The, the, our best protection against against uh, diabolic attack is the state of grace. Now, that's our shield. And so when you open the door, such as what these young ladies did, whether knowingly or no, unknowingly, you open the door, it's real, right? It's real. The question on that, uh, Dr. Dan, also, uh, if they're practicing Catholics or uh, confirmed Catholics in the church, would that even be even wor uh, worse for them? Because they would all, all of a sudden, it, it would hit them if they were, let's say, they weren't in the state of grace, but they were practicing Catholics. Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, remember the story of of the of the soldier that de defected. I think you were downrange when this guy de defected, and 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 he, let, he he walked out of our camp, and he got captured by the enemy. Remember Bird, his name? Bergdahl. Yeah. Bird, yeah, Bergdahl. That guy. Okay, think about that guy. You got that guy walks into the enemy camp, or you've got just another local smoke citizen, or even a U.S. A U.S. citizen who's not a soldier. It's particularly it's particularly uh, uh, juicy. It's particularly enticing to the enemy to take one of our soldiers. So the fact that these girls were, I'm, I'm presuming, in a, in a country like Colombia, they're baptized, uh, largely Catholic baptisms. Um, that 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 indelible mark of baptism, as they as they defected into the enemy's camp through the Ouija board, that particular that contradiction that mark gave them a, a, a particularly. Uh, acute uh, uh, attraction to the enemy. So um, we we here's what we call interact. We call this interactive diabolic activity. Let me let me let me read what I how I explain it. This is a phrase used to describe the activity which a person invokes, whether through incantation, pledge, or bodily ritual, a power other than the one true God. The interactive component is meant that such. Uh, by that is meant that such invocations involve an exchange between participants and the demons. These can be seemingly innocuous things like the Ouija board of a previous generation, apparently not previous anymore, tarot cards and fortune tellers, some but, uh, some but not all vi modern video games where real curses and spells have been coded into the game script. Sometimes some of my best research on demons is found through video game, uh, the, the, the characters on video games. Uh, thus, tarot cards and, and Ouija boards, for example, invoke spirits for some favor and open the persons to diabolic affliction by giving permissions to the demon called upon. 
These can be overt, according to Father John Harden and the Modern Catholic Dictionary, such as Satanism, fetishism, black and white magic, spiritism, theosophy, divination, and witchcraft. So, so these are the these these what we call open doors, and a lot of Catholics don't know know that. Uh, As you had mentioned earlier, clean from unclean. A lot of Catholics we've lost the sense of clean from unclean. And isn't that all, those are all sins against the first commandment and, and what Jesus said specifically, love God with all your heart. Um, I, I would, I mean, I wish, I wish our, our church uh, would hammer that into people's heads more and more now, now, especially nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, you, you, you pulled down another article I thought was fantastic. Um, and it's, it's uh, this is a Pew research uh, article on new age belief. Okay. And, and and let's let's kind of delve into this a little bit. This just shows that, hey, this is not, you know, sometimes I, I saw that meme. It said I used to, we used to call it what, what they say. We used to call it uh, uh, conspiracy theory. Now they're called spoiler alerts. Right. <laughs> right, right so right. this is a spoiler alert. New, this is this is an October 2018 article. Imagine today post covid new age beliefs common among both religious and non-religious Americans. Most Americans adults identify as Christians, but many Christians also hold what are sometimes characterized as new age beliefs, including belief in reincarnation, astrology, psychics, and the presence of spiritual energy in physical objects like mountains or trees. Many Americans who are religious, religiously unaffiliated also have these belief, these beliefs. Roughly six in 10 American adults accept at least one of these beliefs. Four in 10 believe in psychics, four in 10 adults, believe in psychic psychics and spiritual energy can be found in and that spiritual energy can be found in physical objects why a somewhat smaller share express release from reincarnation 33% and astrology 29% there's a and there's a um it goes it goes into different different religious beliefs political beliefs it breaks it down again pew research is what they do it found that uh, uh among catholics let's just focus on catholics six uh, um and you see, 47% of Catholics believe spiritual energy can be located in physical things. Well, 100% should believe that. That's what the rosary is. That's what sacramentals, holy water, sacramentals, right? Uh, um, you know, this the, we believe in, the, in, the, in God uses matter. When he healed the blind man, he spit onto the ground. He, he made mud, just like the, Adam's creation. He created out of mud, right? And so he used that, the same word from, from, from Genesis, smeared it on the eyes so that the man could, his eyes were open. This is why, for example, we read John chapter 9 in baptisms, right? The conference of matter, the illumination, uh, uh, the illumination was what, um, is what was referred to as baptism, in baptism, the, the illumination, right? Opening one's eyes. And so now, let me see, 40... Uh, uh, um, 47% of Catholics believe in reincarnation. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, but they're talking about negative things, right? Of course. Um, and then the net belief in at least one of those New Age beliefs, 70% of Catholics believe in something. And I see this. I travel around the country in different parts of the country, particularly suburban suburban America, of course, in the coast, the east and the west coast, and the big cities. You're starting to see this syncretism with New Age beliefs. You're starting to see you know, kind of this charismatic blending. Um, maybe a devotion to the Blessed Mother, but also uh, working uh, on channeling and en- prayer to them is channeling energies through these chakras uh, or or uh, other 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 uh, uh, reflexology 
Reiki. And we're trying to say, well, I pray, I pray prayers to Father Padre Pio during this. So it's got to be clean, right? No, right. it's not. What right. was your take on what was your takeaways on the article? Okay, well, anytime I, I hear New Age specifically, I believe that this is this is just a, a rebranding of you're, you're talking about they believe in the metaphysical, uh, the psychics, the ESP, the sixth sense, all this stuff is just a rebranding of the old magic, witchcraft, sorcery, black magic. They just rebranded it and they put it into a religion. So now what, what do we got here? Uh, divination. You know, it's everywhere. Everybody, and, and it's funny about, about your, your, your talking about reincarnation. Why is it everybody is some ascended master? How come somebody's not like Joe Blow, the, the guy with the plumber or something? You know, that's never, they're never that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And see, but the essence, we, we just came from a week of training with Father Ripperger and training training exorcists and, and teams um, from various dioceses throughout the country. And Father Ripperger gave talks every day to us. And one of the things that really struck out this week that I never caught, and that is the the the, the region. Five seconds. All right, we'll, we'll go to we'll go to the second break. Uh, after the break, we'll we'll pick this up. All right, we're back on Wednesday War College with Libra Cristo. Today, you've got your two scout, Cav, uh, Cav Scouts, Ernie Lopez, Dan Schneider. We got a special guest. We stopped in the, on the, and we saw a clearing. We saw somebody popping smoke, blue smoke for the Blessed Mother. He asked that <laughs> he wanted to get on the aircraft with us. So, uh, Jesse, welcome to the Cav. Scouts out. Hey, hey, guys. You guys are doing a bang up job. I'm over here in an undisclosed bunker over in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, doing some intel for, uh, for the church militant. Yeah, a hey, uh, great topic today. I'm going to tell you the first time I think I started realizing that the New Age movement was something that was incompatible with the Catholic faith was Dan, you probably remember there was these magazines that came out years ago called Beginning Apologetics by a guy in your neck of the woods, Jim Burnham. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was out of New Mexico, actually. Yeah. yeah. I've got him. I've got him somewhere over here. Yeah. Right. He has number one to ten. One yeah. of them is on the New Age movement. I think I picked it up like 20 years ago, and it came out and said, wow, this guy, you know, that, that was the first time I started realizing that the incompatibility of Catholicism and the New Age and then also, I think Father Paco, about 20 years ago, also wrote a book called Catholics of the New Age. So, uh, but still, even with, even with that information out there, there's still, there's still a lot of low-information Catholics, and that's why programs like this are so important. And you guys hit on something, you and Ernie hit on something, I mean, critical. The whole area of syncretism, that's exactly what I see. The diabolical is trying to uh, use syncretism to attach itself to the purity of the Catholic faith, and a lot of Catholics are falling prey to that. And uh, I, th I think that's the biggest battle that we're fighting right now is syncretism. And not only in, in, in spirituality, but also in theology. You've got, again, like German bishops trying to say we could bless same-sex medics. This whole thing about letting the world dictate Catholicism, setting Catholicism dictating the world, that's the biggest problem we have. So, uh, yeah, soldier on, guys. I'm enjoying the show over here from an undisclosed bunker, doing my own intel, but... Uh, yeah, keep I, I'm picturing you. I'm picturing you with the Serpico beard, laying like just <laughs> blending in with the natives. Nobody recognizes you. Deep cover, working, trying to get all the intel you can on the bad guys. Uh, and we, we appreciate that you're out there. Hey, speaking of which, Jess, hey. have you seen? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Dan, 
there, there, there is some army in, in my family background. I know I've told you guys, my father-in-law, rest in peace, Moises Chacon, he fought in the Korean War. He was in the army. And I remember uh, he used to tell me, he says, you know, uh, he, used, he used to fire the mortars in Korea. He was on the, you know, throw, throwing the little missiles in those mortars and firing. And he used to tell me, he goes, those things used to get so hot. He says the, the way we had to cool them down, he goes, a bunch of us stood around bunch of us soldiers stood around and we urinated on the mortar yeah. down then we started then we started firing yeah and I'm, i'll yeah, never yeah. forget that conversation <laughs> yeah yeah look at ernie shaking i mean look at ernie shaking his head man <laughs> yeah that's how you that's how you cool down yeah. the barrel the m60 barrel if need be because that m60 barrel if you fire that thing too much it would actually melt and twist so you have to stop and a quick field expediency is to is to urinate on it to cool it down yeah Sorry. that's exactly yeah, what whatever it takes so uh that's stupid so, if it works. A soldier yeah, exactly. Enjoy the show. All right. Hey, yeah, yes, yes. But what, last, last thing before yeah. you go. Hey, there, there's a. I'd like to do a show on uh, uh, on the, the. You mentioned the German bishops. They did a ceremony at the cathedral in um, Frankfurt that was straight up diabolic, straight satanic. And so we talk about open doors to a soul, right? You can open doors to a diocese. You can open doors to a region. The Goddard Tunnel. Um, that is that that ceremony that opened that tunnel connecting parts of Europe through through you know through the Alps, uh, straight up straight up satanic uh, uh, ritual. And so you know these people are they're dabbling. The, we're we're giving in through the, in the name of syncretism and the name of reaching the natives. We're becoming pre-Christian and we're adopting pre-Christian or pagan uh, um, beliefs and and uh, and practices, which are open doors. Well, that that. Then, I'm going to say something unpopular. I would, I would. Well, I'm going to quote Cardinal Raymond Burke. He said that the Pachamama acts of idolatry opened, uh, opened the di- opened uh, up the diabolical to the Vatican, to Rome. That's I'm, yeah, I'm quoting yeah. Cardinal Burke. Yeah, no. Now, I mean, again, this was uh, Cardinal Burke was the leading, uh, uh, you know, at one time the leading canonist, uh, leading canon lawyer. Uh, the, the 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 judicial vicar for the entire Roman Catholic Church. When he says that, this is not just crazy kooky ex cop and a couple of crazy kooky ex army guys. This is this is one of the the top prelates of the church saying this. And imagine what happened six months after that incident at Pachamama. And most Catholics got mass today. Uh, the ones that we see, seventy percent of Catholics believe uh, in some new age practices. Probably ninety percent are still practicing contraception without confessing it. These are the people that are that are in, in our, our, our the pews every week. Most of them have never even heard of Pachamama, but this happened about precisely six months prior to that. The entire six months later, the entire sacramental system in the world was closed down. If you can imagine, I mean, uh, um, you're absolutely right on that, Jess. Dan, I would also say, say you, you guys are talking about opening doors. I think also uh, Joe Biden, uh, the first, the second Catholic president we've ever had, fake Catholic that he is, uh, he's opened doors to the diabolical to the United States of America with his anti-God legislation that he continues to sign one bill after another because he's, he's on a natural level. He's the patriarch of this country. That's what we call the president, the father of this country. And uh, I think this man has opened up the diabolical to the United States of America in a very big way as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Because again, how, how can you say, uh, you know, if you're a father in a home, how many times, Jess, have you had Talk to guys in or Ernie, and they're and they're addicted. They're struggling with porn, pornographic use and, and struggling with impurity. Um, but if 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 you're struggling with that, you're it's not just a personal sin. 
you're now laying your shield down that you're supposed to be holding up to protect your family. And you're allowing things in by giving these permissions. These open doors aren't just to you. You can open doors up into your family. That's part of the interactive diabolic activity. You know, especially Freemasonic work, uh, um, other forms of witchcraft. It doesn't have to be Aleister Crowley and, and, and formal Satanism. These things all open doors, not just to you, but also into those in your familial construct. This is what Catholics need to wake up to. Sir. Yeah. All right, guys, soldier on. I'm going to continue listening to the show out here for this uh, undisclosed bunker in uh, in Iowa. Hey, I appreciate appreciate the uh, the intel, Jess. I pre- appreciate you throwing some lead down range with it. We'll see you. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you next week. Safe travels. <laughs> you got it. God bless. Bye bye. God bless. All right, so uh, we had to just we do a, a, a we drop him off back somewhere else off. <laughs> get out of the helicopter. We're going to get back on it. Um, yeah, make a fast rope down. He's fast rope. Yeah. See, we used to repel. And uh, when I went through aerosol school, we repelled. And then after that, they they changed it to fast rope, which is like this squishy. I've never done that. Have you done that? I, I have done it in, in training only. Is it pretty exciting? Uh, absolutely. Well, for me, it was. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I found I, all that actually, stuff, I mean, I'm not I'm not a, I, I, I mean, I, I get it. But some of these guys are tough guys and. And they love that stuff. I'll say anytime I'm up in an aircraft, I'm, I always think twice about it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> my second flight in an aircraft, I, I jumped out of. Actually, my second through my second through my sixth flight, I jumped out of. I uh, flew down to Fort Benning, Georgia as a young man, got an aircraft five more times over the course of three weeks and uh, jumped out of it every single time and then got back and actually walked off it uh, later on. So, uh, uh, all right, let's talk about the the the. I was mentioned Father Ripperger was just giving us really good DDT, right? Um, at the angels, when an angel rejects God, uh, what Thomas calls one of the three instances, what he rejects ultimately was his vocation. He's rejecting his vocation, um, and that involved offering a suffering. God is giving you this task, and then the demon or the, the angel would reject that. And in that rejection, is an, it was a rejection of suffering that he could have had a place of higher glory, but wasn't content with what God had had assigned to him, right? And so this is one of the reasons he militates against our vocation. And anytime we do actions that are contrary to our vocation, it becomes attractive to the diabolic because we're acting as he acted. And anytime that we're unable to sacrifice, he's going to drive that further. And this is why in the converse, anybody that says, I'm committed to my marriage more, I'm going to commit to my husband and commit to my wife, I'm going to focus on getting grace into my home, that's going to attract the demon. And anyone that says, starts to pick up the sacrificial, a sacrificial theology, to learn how to offer their suffering um, for others, to learn how to fast, to learn how to use their bodies as a weapon. That's also something that, that sometimes draws draws a little fire. You see this in the St. Michael's group, your prayer group, right? Correct. We know that we've seen this uh, a few times. It's like you brought up the, the part about pornography and some of the guys, it's their struggles with it. And it's, it, it's, it's one of those things that it, until they knock it off, until they realize that this is why I, I, I'm I'm big on confession and confession once a week and getting the guys down there continuously is get rid of that sin, get into the state of grace and start focusing on the sacrificial element of this, because that right there and offering up to the Lord, um, I, I I can only speak from from my experience is that it, it, I, it has done wonders for me as far as healing and uh, taking away uh, the negative things that have, were that were uh blocking me from yeah yeah uh, grace. yeah no it, it, the effects of the sacrament are you know reconciliation with christ reconciliation with the church 
but but also it, it diminishes the desire uh, and it gives you the strengthening of the will, right? Sometimes we think, oh, I just need to have a priest pray over me and then my will will be stronger. Yeah. No, you need yeah. to kneel down before a priest and go to confession That's and right. go deep in your confession, hold nothing back. What uh, happened to sin no more? Right. What sin no more? What happened? Well, to nothing worse no. might happen to you. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, that's not very pastoral of Jesus. No, you know, that's not very pastoral. But this idea of the rejection of suffering, it's one of the marks. If you read um, Lamentabile Sane by Pope St. Pius X, he lists off four marks of the plague, what he calls the plague of modernism. And we're now in the full throes of modernism theologically in the church and in, salt, and in culture, including the rejection of authority, rejection of natural law authority, rejection of of uh, um, church authority, ecclesial authority, um, the rejection of the supernatural, rejection of that the innate evil um, that the, of original sin that entered into mankind. But one of the rejections is the rejection of the salvific, of the redemptive value of suffering. Why would that be? That's one. That's what Pope Pius X said. One of the marks of the, this modernist plague that we're living in, and this was a hundred years ago, rejecting of our of our of of the ability of the meaning of suffering. Because what the demon wants to do is just torment you. He wants to make you miserable and just suffer like a beast. So, so, so learning to use that, use, using your body as a living sacrifice, St. Paul says, using your body in prayer, uh, uh, fasting, bringing your, your lower nature, your instincts under control. This is what Lent is supposed to do in ember days in the old calendar. We would do uh, in each, each liturgical season, little bursts of fasting. So, all right, we'll pick it up in the next segment, last segment. All right, Wednesday, War College. This is us, the, the Cav Scouting Report for the for the week. We're flying a screen line alongside of the mystical body, going to report back intel to the commander. Go home and have some hot chow, hopefully, right? Right. Back to this 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 this, uh, this section on uh, this Pew Research. It, it also goes down to gender. We see a disproportionate number of women that come to us. Uh, at our diocese, but also with the society of spiritual affliction. Women are, are different than men, regardless of what the modern culture is telling us. Women are, they're, they're more sensitive, they're more vulnerable. Their bodies even are more vulnerable, more sensitive. And so women are, women are more religious by nature um, and more spiritual. Um, but but the article also breaks down gender, that women or more likely than men to identify with religion and also to engage in religion pra religious practices. This is like when I when I go to the Blessed Sacrament and I see a room and there's men there. I'm like, yeah, you know, what I mean, it's good that that we're not the only. And guys need to see other guys out there praying, yielding, bending their knee before the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, right? Absolutely. So so women are also more likely to hold New Age beliefs. All four measures: the belief in psychics. Psychics, reincarnation, astrology, and spiritual energy. That spiritual energy can be found in objects. Um, larger shares of women than men subscribe to these beliefs. And overall, seven in 10 women hold at least one new age belief compared to 55% of women. So they're in tune spiritually, but unless you 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 take this spiritual energy, this spiritual power, it flows from your feminine nature. If you don't order that under under right belief, ortho orthodoxy and right practice, orthopraxis, if you don't order your life towards that, it can become very destructive. The enemy can easily move in and distort that. 
Absolutely, sir. Yeah, I uh, when you you're talking about that right now, what was was ringing in my head was the the fact is is that as men we drop the ball, especially even with women. I mean, if we we're looking at at those at those doorways, going back to the doorways, um, we're either opening the doors up to the inferno room, which is all the seven deadly seven deadly sins right there that are, that are gonna that are gonna cripple you, or you're gonna have a, a, a nice domestic church inside your house. And I think that, that right there is where that's not being practiced as much anymore because we're going away from it and we're starting to believe even I, a lot of men that I've, I've, I've met, you know, right away, they're like, uh, what's, what's your astrological sign? You know, what I'm like, I'm looking at them. I'm going, Oh, uh, you know, I, I like to use that, that, that dumb joke. Oh, dinosaur. Well, that's not one. I go, neither is nothing that you believe in either. It's, it's just, it's all nonsense. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that, that opens doors, again, occult practices, um, is, is sin. Sin is an open door, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just, you know what I mean? Sin yeah. is an open door. And so, um, so every time you commit sin, particularly grave sins, you, you draw that, that force to you, you draw that demon to you. Um, that, that is particularly that, that was the nature of his own fall. Yes, so every time you blaspheme, every time you, you, every time you commit a carnal sin, Every time you commit specific sins, you draw a specific enemy to you, right? right. Um, and, now, and now open doors can be made through other people. It's a whole other topic. I mean, through through curses, through through, uh, right. um, through physical and sexual abuse can can become open doors, particularly when it's done by a family member or, or your father or someone that was in authority over you. That can be that can also be an open door. And a lot of people who have gone under su su suffered sexual violence, trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, molestation that become an open door because it creates this vulnerability. Um, so, so you still got to fight it out. You still got to, you still got to fight it out. Um, according about, to St. Bonner, go ahead. I was going to say, what about the location, sir? Like you have the, you know, like a murder house, for instance, uh, where a murder happened, uh, a place where rapes, a rape had occurred. Um, any, any evil, the intrinsic evil that was actually happened in the temporal uh, is that is there a residue or that could be a, there could be an opening or a doorway there where you're going to the wrong place or like a satanic ritual was was done there or something like that where uh, you could pick up something, uh, you know, uh, a clinging spirit or something? No, absolutely. Because remember, the demon's assignment, he continues to militate against that which he was created for. So not every demon was assigned to a human. You know, some were assigned to territories, to weather, to regions, to dioceses. And so, and so, you know, whether it's an in, technically a possession is an infestation of person, right? Uh, versus an infestation of place. So, yeah, so there's demons that infest places. This is a garrison demoniac when, when, when he, he begged Jesus, do not send me out of this territory or this region. The, that's a military word. The word is uh, for outpost. This is my outpost. This is my assignment. I'm I am bound here. I'm stuck here. I'm drawn here. Uh, so demons are very territorial. And so when grave acts, I mean, I would not want to, uh, um, you know, buy a house or uh, live in an apartment that that had a, an abortion clinic underneath it at one time, you know, because those places are going to keep the, the the presence of of the enemy. No different than, for example, the 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 the, the when a church. Um, is is desacralized when it's no longer being used for sacred purposes there's a ritual that takes place because that place is set apart the demons understand sacred space they understand they understand space and territory and the sacredness of space and they're going to hold there and we see for example you can read the um uh it's a whole show in and of itself we should do this 
But the, the demon on Brownsville Road, you can read about this. Uh, this guy buys, his family moves in, buys a house. The diocese sent a priest in there that wouldn't go in because his mystic or seer so-called was saying what he could pray and couldn't pray, couldn't go in. And so this went on. This went on for several years until they brought in an, an, an exorcist from New York that came in and did the ritual and drove the demon out in a matter of weeks. So, but but the, the that that place was uh, murders committed, abortions committed. It was also a burial ground for for a Native American tribe in that area. So there was a lot of of of, of, of history there um, that that the demon holds on. That's his space. And he must be driven out through the natural law assertion of natural law rights, which you have as head of household. And also if it's grave and, and uh, um, um, institutional in this case, then the, the assertion of the rights of the church of, through the authority of local bishop, who has jurisdictional authority, even over the temporal things in his area. So, yeah, so so that so spaces can be infested as well. Um, also, also the the. Um, um, there's a difference between um, an infestation of place and and a um, a purgative soul that comes to visit. It's very rare, by the way. It's very rare. You know, even uh, um, Charles Borromeo, Saint Charles Borromeo, and the Prenatunda to the writer of Exorcism in the in the the old ritual says, if a demon presents himself as a purgative soul, ignore him. Okay, so it's very extremely rare, although we know it does happen on occasion. God sends a soul back in reparation to ask for prayers for some grave sin that took place there. Um, that's but mo but that's usually the case. He's just there to ask for prayer. And and usually when you pray, it ceases and, and subsides and goes away. Um, but when there's a when it's a diabolic infestation, the more you pray, the worse it gets. It's more destructive. Um, you can, you know, it, 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 there, there's the, all the things I described from Father Vomonti, those things, there's division in the house, there's all this high emotionality, dread, fear, all these things come with infestation. And again, just as you can have an open door in your soul, into your family, into your diocese, into your workplace, uh, into the government, um, you can have it in place. That was a great question. Yeah, it's funny, you just went back to uh, what happened with that Ouija board in the, uh, what you, we were talking about it earlier. Uh, how something like that could actually happen where with a bunch of kids around and they just start playing and all of a sudden they start feeling the effects of it. That's that that just kind of blew my mind right now. Yeah, no, because again, the demon doesn't care. If his assignment is here, he's gonna work that assignment. He's a, he is a he's a true he's a true warrior. He's gonna do whatever he was commanded to do. Right. Wow. And the angels are the angels again, they're there to help us. They're there, they're there to work with us. They're there to to assist us through these things and give us discernment. Jesse told the story. They're doing a, a movie uh, kind of based on some of the incidents in Jesse's life. And he went down to the Satanic Temple in Los Angeles and he was going to go in there and look at it. And just he's like, I ain't afraid. And he, he goes in, the doors open. He gets to the door and he sees people prostrate before these images, dark, macabre images, OK, of skulls and other things. And he's like, I ain't scared. I'm Jesse Romero. Right. I mean, 69 67 and 0 kickboxer you know professional fighter and all that i'm jesse romero i mean i i i, I got swag i got swagger and he said he walked into the door and it was like this huge chest you know uh, uh hand shiver and pushed him back she was like no 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 i'm going back in he walks back he gets it again he said it threw him back and then he got mad. He think he thought this was diabolic resistance. He gets a little closer. He gets up to the door. He said he got pushed back about ten feet in the air, and uh, and I said, "Yes, I think that was your guardian angel." 
Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Protecting you, stopping you from doing something stupid. Right. Cause you're going to walk into a, you're going to walk into a, into a mess. So I, I would certainly not want to live uh, on an apartment above that, that temple. So you can see how faith space can be infiltrated as well. Absolutely. That place was probably spiritually trapped of some kind, you know? To, you oh know. yeah. 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 Or, or yeah. Yeah. So um, why does God allow affliction? That, that I'm going to I'll wrap up with this and I'm going to get your take, uh, uh, give us something positive to go away with. According to St. Bonaventure, God allows the demon to afflict us uh, for four reasons. One, to reveal his glory. The more we defeat the enemy and, and the more we, you know, the enemy is the instrument of our sanctification. We're the instrument of his punishment. So, the, so when we defeat the enemy, we bring more glory to God. Number two, to punish sin, You're, to punish us in our sins. Uh, um, sometimes God allows us to say, hey, that was stupid. Get to the confessional and confess that you guys did that. And, you, and, and God allows it so you to wake up and start living a Catholic life. Number three, to rebuke a sinner. He allows little afflictions to rebuke us because we're on the wrong path, right? Mm -hmm. And finally, to educate us. Every time, every time you engage, the, we, you know, when you were downrange and you engage the enemy, you learn something more about him, right? You learn something about his tactics, his techniques. And after a while, the enemy became very predictable. Right. Very predictable in Gulf War. But when we went back, they changed tactics and strategy. But they, they again became predictable. Right. They, the right. Funneling, of kill, funneling, funneling you guys into kill zones, you foot guys, you know, going door to door. Right. Uh, uh, you know, so what are some of the things that guys can do? The listeners, men and women, what are some of the takeaways from the military? What are some of the takeaways you think if you had 30 seconds to say these are what we need most Catholics to do? I would, to, I would in say, light of what we're talking about, open doors. I would say, man, first of all, it's your responsibility uh, in, in your home, the guys that are married. In your home, you are responsible for the defense of your home, your family, uh, protecting it every way possible. As a soldier, I would say, use every weapon the Catholic Church gives you against them, because that's the only way that, that, that I know from experience that that would help. Yeah. I mean, the same would apply to a parish priest, right? Absolutely, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So staying vigilant is absolutely critical. Using the weapons, uh, you know, there's there's a Vietnam book uh, written by Tim O'Brien, well-written book called "The Things They Carry." They things the things they carry, and it's a it, it, one of the things that we carry as Roman Catholics. We need to use those things that are carried in our backpacks. All right, there's the music. I hear the Apache chatter, the glory chant in the background. We thank you. Thank, thanks for tuning in today, Jesse Romero. We'll be back. Our beloved host uh, coming back from. Uh, his assignment out there getting detail for the battlefield early thanks for joining us uh, as always it's great to get the cab report from you and uh we'll see you we'll see you guys next week same time uh, same cab time same cab channel